Um, this morning, uh, let's turn in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, or you've got it on your phones. I'd really encourage you uh, to bring your paper Bibles uh, to, to church because you're able to underline things and then go back uh, and read them and think about them. So 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 to 20, and that's hopefully going to come on the screen. So let me read this to you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Now, I, I, what I've really loved about this sermon series is each week it's built up more and more about who we are in Christ. For example, because we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we're now in union with Christ and his forgiveness and his grace flows into our lives. And because the Holy Spirit is in us, we're made anew. And he hasn't just left us there as his masterpiece but continues to work in us so that we can do the good things he has created us to do as his ambassadors. I mean, wow. That's just a part of who you are. And this morning, we're going to think about what it means to be Christ's ambassadors here on earth. But you might think, well, what is an ambassador? So here is the Webster's Dictionary, first of all. Let's look at this. An, an, an official envoy, especially a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign, as the resident representative or his or her own government or sovereign, or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment. So that's someone of, who's been given great responsibility, who's been given great power. Now, when I worked in D.C., as you walked around uh, just the, the kind of hill area, you'd often hear the sirens first, and then you'd see the flashing lights of, as the big Secret Service Suburbans would come, coming, come down the street. And in the middle of the, the motorcades was often the ambassador's car. And depending on how important they were, it was depending how many Suburbans and Secret Service agents they had around them, and how many motor, uh, motorbike police they had stopping or the... Um, the traffic lights so that they could arrive at their destination safely. So an ambassador is someone who goes from his country as the representative to another country. And so when things happen, they're called in to say, well, what's, what's your country thinking on this? Or what is your country doing? It's a very important role. And just as it's important on earth, it's important in Christ. Because we are Christ's ambassadors. We are called to represent our king and his kingdom here on earth by the power of the Spirit. As if God was making his appeal through us. Now Jesus says it a slightly different way. And we'll think about that in a minute. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. And as I thought about this, I thought about two distinct ways that we are Christ's ambassadors. First in our actions, so we act on his behalf, we show, we demonstrate the kingdom of God through healing, through uh, our speak, uh, acts of kindness, and then we speak on his behalf, where to speak 
the message of Christ, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God. And Jesus uh, just says it slightly in a different way. He says it as we are his witnesses. And in Acts 1.18, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That was Scotland in those days. And the gospel has come. Now notice here that Jesus doesn't say, you're my witnesses and that's the end of it. He says, no. What's the first thing he says? You will receive power. By whom? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper to be Jesus' witnesses, to be Christ's ambassadors here on this earth. So that we can proclaim and demonstrate the good news of the kingdom of God. But so often we just think about the good news of the kingdom of God just about speaking it. But Jesus demonstrated it. This is what Paul said in Colossians. He said, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, those who don't know Jesus yet. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know um, how to answer everything. Therefore, as Christ's ambassadors, we must act wisely. We must act in love. We must be loved because we never know what that person's going through and what our words or our actions might do in them. So our vision in St. Mungo's is to be love. And really, uh, we've got new cards that have been printed to remind you of this. You can take two so you can see it. But it says, St. Mungo's, be love. And then just so you don't forget, it says, be love, be love, be love. Often God says something three times just to remind you, right? And then on the back, or the front, whichever you want, it gives us the core values that allow us to create this culture of being loved both inside us uh, as we meet as a church family, but also out there. And what, I, what is really fascinating, this is our vision, right? And actually, the, vi- the word vision in Hebrew actually also means revelation. So the revelation that God has given us for such a time as this is what? To be, we'll try again, okay, (laughs) the vision, the revelation that Christ has given us for such a time as this, St. Mungo's, is what? To, To be love. Thank you. Why do we love? Because the biblical basis is because he loved us first. And as we pray and as we act and as we speak, we'll see this Vision fulfilled. So let's explore what it means to be Christ ambassadors in the world. Firstly, by our, our actions. You know, we'll never know what a kind act could do to someone. And as we live in the power of the Spirit, we talked about this, and not in our, from our souls, we're able to do things that we could never do, like forgive people from the Spirit. We can love our enemies by the Spirit. We need to be living, keeping in step with the Spirit and what he says so we can be ambassadors with our actions. But sadly, Christians are not often known for their love and their kindness, for their kind actions. And this has dramatic effects on those who don't yet know Jesus. C.S. Lewis said this in Mere Christianity. He said, when we Christians behave badly or fail to behave well, we are making Christianity unbelievable to the outside world. Our careless lives set the outer world talking, and we give them grounds for for talking in a way that throws doubt on the truth of Christianity. See, remember what the beloved John, the disciple, said this. He says, dear children, reminding us who we are, we're loved. 
Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions in truth. You know, this world needs to experience the love of God. They need to experience the kingdom as we move in the power of the Spirit. You know, it's easy, well, hopefully it's easy, uh, when we're, we're the church family together, to be love. To, you know, just show love. But what happens when you walk out this building? When someone says something to you or does something? Oh, hey, it's okay. How do we act? Are we living from our soul or are we living from our spirit? As ambassadors, we need to allow the fruit of the Spirit that we so evidently see in the life of Jesus Christ to be growing in us. What's that? Well, it's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul goes on to say, against such things there is no law. You know, when you're kind to someone who's angry, it's like, I remember this guy when we used to do healing on the streets. And he, he came up and said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I said, well, it's just because God loves people. And we are out here to demonstrate that. He went, oh. I said, have you got any pain in your body? Well, actually, I do. You know, I don't know what he thought we were going to do, you know, get the Bible and start whacking him. <laughs> Maybe that's what he'd experienced. You know, I was challenged this week. There's a, there's a guy in our locality I find really difficult. And I normally just put my head down and walk straight past him. And I was thinking on what I was preaching and thinking of what I'd preached on two weeks ago. And I thought, in my soul, I don't want to talk to this guy. But my spirit is commending me to speak to him, to show him love. And so I stopped after seeing him the first time. I saw him again, I thought, oh, hello, how are you doing today? And we had a conversation, and I was able to be loved to him. As we live in, this, in step with the Spirit, this opens our lives to impossibilities for us to demonstrate what our king is like and what the kingdom is like. And if we look at how Jesus did this, the thing that he used most of all to open people's lives up to, the, to who he was and his kingdom was healing. There's more healing in the Gospels than just about anything else. Sam Storm says this, Jesus portrayed healing not simply as a sign that the kingdom was coming, but an essential element in the kingdom. The earthly ministry of Jesus, primarily his miracles and healings, were the result not so much of his divine nature, but rather the power of the Holy Spirit working through him. And let us never forget, that the Holy Spirit in Jesus is the same Holy Spirit in... Oh, that's good. Just as, uh, about all Jesus' healings were motivated out of compassion, which is love in action. Wow. So as Christ's ambassadors, we need to continue offer healing in his name, demonstrate love in action. As we do this, Storm suggests we need to be ready for two things. Firstly, we need to leave room for the mystery of God in his ways. It's up to him who uh, he heals in his wisdom and his sovereign purposes. We simply need to be obedient and pray and leave the rest to him. And secondly, we need to be willing to trust God even when nothing appears to happen. There's many times I've prayed for healing and someone said, well, well thanks, thanks all. And then later you see something's happened. And we need to be just prepared for that. That sometimes it appears that nothing has happened. 
You know, I've had days where I felt I had a word of God for healing, and I've given it out. No one's come forward, or someone's come forward, and, and you know, they, 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 it didn't appear that we're healed. And then I've had other days, and I can't explain this, where I've given a word, and I haven't really thought it was a word, and then someone comes forward, and they're healed. All we're called to do is to be obedient. Um, we support a charity here called Just Earth, which is an amazing a charity in uh, Kenya that looks to raise up men and women, or sadly it's just mainly women, because they're the workers in Kenya. The men just don't do very much. But they, they raise them up to help them to be farmers, to produce food for their family and for their communities, but also they teach them what it means to be kingdom. A bit like Pastor Saad. And do you know what? Miracles break out. And uh, we, me and Laura were with Bruce Collins, who's just an amazing guy. He's one of the charities. He works for New Wine. He's in Wales. And when you're on mission with, with um, uh, Bruce Collins, you just need to be prepared. It's a lot of fun, but it's constant. And so Bruce suddenly stops the Land Rover, everyone out into this place that looked like a, like just like a shed. And here, and there's a picture of it, here, if we just come to the next picture, here was this group of women and I think there's a guy there, which is amazing, um, who were learning what it means to feed their families both physically with food and spiritually with Jesus. And so Bruce said, right, words of knowledge, words of knowledge. And I was like, oh, like this. And then I said, well, I, I've got, through the translator, I think someone's pinky has been damaged. That's all I've got, a pinky. And the, this girl, you see this girl just right in the window, Right at the back, she raised her hand. And she came forward, and all we prayed was this, in Jesus' name, Pinky be healed. And it was healed. And it was like the joy. Oh, my goodness, the joy. Woo! They were singing and dancing. But it just doesn't happen in Africa. It happens here. Healing on the streets, if we go to the next slide. You know, we can show acts of kindness in just simple ways, like smiling. So uh, before the fancy St. James's Court, there used to be this lovely building called the St. James's Center. <laughs> you remember that? And I was late as usual because I'd, I'd gone and got the kit, uh, parked on Prince Street, which was quite difficult, got all the kit out, and then run back to get parking. Anyway, so I was running through St. James's Center, and this woman in this wheelchair licking an ice cream was coming through. And I looked at her and go, that's a bit odd. But I, I thought, I'll smile at her. So I smiled at her, and I just fi fixed my gaze on her. And as she passed, she looked at me, and we smiled. And that was about it. And I thought, no, I ran around the corner and prayed for the team, and then we started. So anyway, probably about half an hour later, this woman comes around the corner, still looking at her ice cream. <laughs> and she goes, hello. And I go, oh, hello. Are you enjoying your ice cream? A bit cold for ice cream. It's the middle of winter. And um, I said, you know, have you got any pain in your body? Could we, heal? Could we pray for you today? She went, well, that would be really good, she said. So this all came off the back of a smile. So I get some lovely ladies on the prayer team to pray for her. And so I didn't know this till right at the end of the morning. So she wanted to take her life that day. What did she meet? She met the love of Jesus in action on the streets. See, that's what the Spirit of God does. That's what it looks like to be an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And it started with a smile. So let's represent Christ well as his ambassadors in the power of the Spirit so that the kingdom of heaven can break out. The second way that we can represent Christ as ambassadors through our words. 
There are, there are many ways we can do this. We can, we, we can, you know, we can not gossip in the office, but just speak love. We can not tell lies, and if we've got something wrong, we can say, I'm sorry. But one of the ways I love to bring God's kingdom to believers and non-believers is to encourage. Encourage means to give courage to be who you're created to be. I mean, I love it um, when, uh, when Harry does something really good. And it's just it's like, Dad, I'm so proud. And I say, Harry, that was really good. And you see him. <laughs> and he says, thanks, Dad. And it doesn't just bless him, it blesses me. And we can be encouragers. And the prophetic we can encourage, it's one of the things that the prophetic's there, to build people up, to encourage. But we can just give that encouraging word that can make the difference in someone's life. But there's probably one of the most important things we need to speak about as Christians and as ambassadors, as witnesses, is the good news of the kingdom of God, which Jesus brought about by his death and resurrection on this world. The Apostle Peter encourages us this. He says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak mastly against you, good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So are we prepared to share the gospel as ambassadors to Christ? There's a, there's a pastor who I, I listen to regularly. He's, just, he's a pastor and he's a prophet, amazing guy. And he tells this story of being prepared. And he says, one night I was out with all my mates and this guy turned up who's a friend of a friend and he was the most arrogant, opinionated person that I've ever met. And my first thought was, this guy will never need the gospel. He's never going to be interested in Jesus. And that was it. And so the night played on and, you know, anyway, he found himself alone with this guy at the table. And he thought, oh my goodness, what did I say to this guy? And so he just started talking about, about um, football. Do you know what the guy said to him? Can you tell me about Jesus? And because he knew the gospel, although he was absolutely stunned, he was prepared. He was prepared to share the gospel as though God was making his appeal through him. So what's the gospel? It's not complicated, brothers and sisters. It's as simple as this. This is what Paul says in Corinthians that Dave reminded us of recently. Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. And if you hold firm to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I passed on to you as of first importance, so get that, this is a gospel not from man, but from God. And when Paul said this is of first importance, then we need to make it of first importance. And then he goes on to explain the gospel in three statements. The first one, that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. So our sin needed to be dealt with and Christ on the cross died. The second one, that he was buried. He wasn't just crucified, but he died. Why? So that he could conquer death. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And so that anyone who places their faith in him will be saved. That's the gospel. It's the good news. 
But what does it mean to believe in the gospel? Well, John Piper writes this. To believe the gospel is not, is not only to accept the awesome truths that one, God is holy. Two, we are hopeless sinners. Three, Christ died and rose again for sinners. And four, that this great salvation is enjoyed by faith in Christ. Piper goes on to say, but, but believing the gospel is also the treasure Jesus Christ. To treasure Jesus Christ as your unsearchable riches. What makes the gospel gospel, good news, is that it brings a person into the everlasting and ever-increasing joy of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I want a bit more of that ever-increasing, ever-filling joy of Jesus. <laughs> oh, praise, praise the Lord. Well, I might have a bit of it. A little bit, because, you know, I'm a Scot, and I don't like to... That's John Piper. And when you hear John Piper he preach, you hear the passion of Jesus in his life. So we know what the gospel is, what it means to believe the gospel, but who's the gospel for? Anyone, any thoughts? Everyone. Paul says this in Romans 10. As scripture says, anyone who believes in name will never be put to shame for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on his name for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The gospel, the good news is for everyone. That means even the person you don't like. That might have hit a spot. But that means we need to speak it out. It's not by osmosis. Paul says this, How then can they call on the, only, on, on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Well, get this. You are Christ's ambassadors. And he's sending you. And will you reflect his heart for this world in your words and your actions to be his ambassador? Now, I probably know what's coming next. You probably know. What's the one biggest thing that stops us from sharing the gospel? Fear. The 845 got it straight away. Fear. Because it's such a thing in our lives. The four major fears J. John speaks about that we have are the fear of rejection, because no one likes to be rejected, let's just face it. The fear of losing our reputation. People might think we're weird. Fear of not being able to answer a question. I have that fear sometimes. And fear of not living out the life. You know, when I, when I share the gospel, when I get that amazing opportunity to tell people about Jesus, am I afraid? Yes, I am. But I want them to know the joy of Jesus more than my fear in me. And I'd rather them hear the gospel and come to know Jesus than think, well, he's a fool. Well, hey, doesn't matter. You know, some of us might need this morning what David talks about in Psalm 51. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. You see, we can't live the life that Jesus is calling us to, to represent him as our king and the kingdom of God without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, one simple way that you can be Christ's ambassador this, this, um, 
this Christmas is get one of these leaflets and there's a lot of them up there okay and just put them through the doors there's even there's addresses that you can go up to if you don't have to be from Bologna to come and put them through Bologna doors there's lots of new houses but why don't you just take them and put them in your neighbor's doors it might start a conversation as you pray and you know you might see them the next day I said well did you see that I, I are you doing anything on the 17th by any chance? My church is having a carol service. If that's not you, here we go. Here's another opportunity. Beer and carols. There's 22 spaces left. I looked this morning. It's such an easy ask. It's incredible. It's not just for guys. Who doesn't like to sing a good carol? Well, maybe if you're a Scrooge. So there we are. As we place our faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and makes us anew and gives us the power to be his ambassadors, to be his witnesses. So are we going to use this power? You know, so often when people talk about the Holy Spirit, we just think about ourselves. Oh, can you comfort me? Can you, you know, um, Derek Prince was very clear on this. He said the Holy Spirit was given for us to be his witnesses. Now we get a whole lot of blessings on top of that. He transforms us and changes us and we receive his love. But do you know what? Let's go back to what it means to be a witness, what it means to be full of power. So you're going to ask every day. Uh, I challenged all the house group leaders this, this um, Advent season to just every day yearn for the Spirit of God. And so I've been doing this now for five days and the Holy Spirit is bringing up stuff in me. He's given me dreams. He's given me words. He's given me things that he is wanting to heal in my life. And it's so refreshing. Because it's a sign that God has not given up on me, but he's at work within me. And he's perfecting me on until the day I meet Christ Jesus. So if the band can come back up, we need to be ambassadors of Christ in our actions and in our speech. And so this morning, I, I wonder, what do you need this morning? Do you need fresh power? Fresh power to be his witnesses? Or do we need to go back a stage and say, I need the joy of your salvation in my life again because I've forgotten what it meant, means that you're my first love. Remember, you're Christ's ambassadors. God prepared from the beginning of time what he wanted you to do. The people that he was going to change through you. So why don't we stand? And let's, well, why don't we just ask for two of these things? Because I think it would be good. Let's just, if you want to, you don't have to. Let's put our hands out as we're expectant to receive something of God by His Spirit. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And Lord, we, we want two things from you today so that we can raise you up, Jesus, and that we can be your ambassadors. Firstly, Lord, we want the joy of your salvation, and we've forgotten our first love. Lord, would you restore the joy of your salvation 
that we'd have what John Piper said. We'd have that ever-increasing joy in our lives, no matter what the circumstances we face. Restore the joy of your salvation, Lord. And Lord, would you fill us with power again so that we could be your witnesses here on this earth of our King, our wonderful King Jesus and his kingdom. And that we would move in power and see lives changed. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's use this last song just to cry out to God to be filled for that fire of God to fall on us so that he would receive all glory, honor. Jesus, it's all about you. It's not about us. But wow, don't you call us an exciting life. Come, Holy Spirit. Release your joy. The joy of your salvation. Release your power.